Welcome to Soul Stirrings, a podcast where all things regarding faith, communication, and culture are considered. I'm your host, Paul Patton, and here's hoping for at least a couple of grins and maybe one strange amen. Welcome to Soul Stirrings, and my first uh, podcast series is actually going to be uh, focused on stewarding the stirrings of the soul. Uh, how do you determine what's worth remembering? What do you want to remember and practice remembering it? What are the inspirations, the quotes, the text of scripture, the scenes from the dialogue from a, from a play or film that you want to be able to retrieve on command as circumstances invite you uh, to redeem it? Uh, remembering, as Abraham Joshua Heschel says, that inspiration passes, but having been inspired, never passes. Uh, You can have an oasis of the mind when you can retrieve that inspiring encounter. I thought I'd give in this uh, first podcast in this series, uh, Stewarding the Stirrings of the Soul, a little bit of uh, autobiographic context for what made me come to this as as, as a very central discipline of my life um, and and, and, and process of spiritual formation. You see, at the age of 40, uh, back in 1993, after having been a youth pastor and associate pastor in the Metro Detroit uh, area for 15 years, I decided to attend graduate school to take on uh, uh, more training as a playwright, actor, and theater director. See, over the uh, the 15 years while serving at Trinity Church in Metro Detroit, I had many opportunities to teach and preach. And and though I was a very poor traditional student in high school and college, I actually loved the opportunity to develop my own uh, syllabus, to study and prepare for speaking in the pulpit, uh, uh, teaching in Sunday school classes, and leading in discipleship training. And during that time of pastoral work, at Trinity Church in Detroit, my wife and I and a few friends from the church started an experimental theater. Now, I had no training in the theater, but I I wanted to try and experiment in in, in group, uh, small group uh, uh, living and and, uh, objectives. And as a pastor, I was interested in finding new models of discipleship methodology and found that the theater processes to be an intriguing instrument People in the community, sometimes compelled to connect once per week on Sunday, were now suddenly invited to a hopefully biblically informed, culturally sensitive opportunity to commit themselves to a five to seven week process of play preparation, which would get them together three, four, five times each week over a five to seven week process. It enabled the strengthening of group identity and deepening group unity like I'd never seen before. Something that always happens when people are given a clear mission, and in the theater's case, of course, a successful opening night. So as a group, of, uh, uh, we were learning to serve the story, one another, and the eventual audience to grace our playhouse. And in this process, the participants saw that any unkindness, any disregard for others, was a momentary forgetting of the kindness, patience, and tolerance of God, as the Apostle Paul said in his letter to the Romans. Before too long, many of the actors and technicians in our experimental theater began to attend our church 
a small church now including a growing number of artists with growing interest in learning more about what it meant to call Jesus Lord of the arts. So I felt the need to get more training in theater arts. We had started this theater in 1981 and by 1993 I was feeling strongly that I needed to be more of a, of a student at the graduate level in, in theater. But suddenly, as a full-time graduate student, I knew that I could no longer have the luxury of an abundance of time preparing sermons and Bible studies, which pastors typically get paid for. Knowing that much of that time would now be replaced with academic and artistic study demands, I feared that I would be spiritually hindered by the lack of time spent in the study of the Bible in preparation of sermons and Bible studies. So what did I decide to do? And again, this was in 1993. I, I, I wish I could say that despite the new time management challenges out of a passion for God's word, I would still have maintained a consistent amount of time and energy to study the Bible as I had, though I was no longer professionally employed to do so. <laughs> but I knew I had a manageable but very real case of attention deficit disorder, shall we say. I called myself even then an equal opportunity diversionary. I would need to do something else in, uh, to continue my engagement with the scriptures. So I told myself I was now going to be studying more about the theater, but as an actor, I was used to memorizing large amounts of script. And it seems actors are but a sliver of civilization that still think that there are anything, there's anything worth memorizing. But as an actor studying at graduate school, I decided to continue to cultivate my memorization capacity, spending, toward, spending more time toward a deeply entrenched middle-aged. I decided in the fall of 1993 that I would try to memorize a Bible verse each day. Early on, I determined that the text I would commit to memory would be the ones that jumped out at me, later described as soul stirrings, thus the, uh, uh, the title of this podcast. In the first several weeks, I selected portions from First Peter. And as an actor, I knew that I would need to review the verses I had selected every day and the ones most recently memorized more than once per day. And often I would do the mental work of reviewing while jogging through the, the neighborhood where I lived. And of course, my jog speed being about the pace of most people's brisk walk. <laughs> I specifically remember one fall afternoon in 1993, that first year, I was reviewing St. Peter's, portions of St. Peter's first letter. And now as a pastor and preacher, uh, years before, I had spent many weeks on a series in the same epistle, preparing my sermons with various Bible commentaries, study guides, and Bible handbooks. Hours and hours were spent preparing sermon notes, editing, and practicing my final copy. But on that afternoon jog, I was simply retrieving portions of the letter and saying them aloud quietly as I was jogging through the neighborhood. And at one portion of the text, while I was jogging, I was so struck by the power of the apostle's admonition that I literally had to stop in my tracks, and immediately I found myself sitting on the curb, head and hands wiped out with the conviction of the text. And such an, an experience really had never happened during a traditional sermon preparation of the same text. 
It was only when I was caught with my guard down reviewing the text aloud. I also learned early on that the more I reviewed, the more easily the portion of scripture was retrieved from the memory files of my mind. I did not realize it at the time, nor labeled the experience this way at first, but I was starting to intentionally build what I call a sacred interiority. As my friend Ben Redmond would say, what you rehearse determines how you will respond. And I was rehearsing, however inadvertently, every day. And as this first series of podcasts, which will be about five to six to seven minutes long, I'll keep asking in this series called Stewarding the Stirrings of the Soul, what do you want to remember? After choosing what you want to remember, what inspires you, what moves you, what statistic, what quote, what text, what portion of dialogue from a play or film, when you determine what you want to remember, practice remembering it. Because as humans, we have this propensity to forget what we should remember and remember what we should forget. In my next uh, podcast, I, I hope to give some more context and examples of the importance of this concept of stewarding the stirrings of the soul. Thanks for joining me. Mm-hmm.